Today on Bold Steps with Mark Job, we're learning to walk worthy in our God-given calling. Walk worthy of the calling that you have upon your life. You're called a child of the Most High God. You're called to follow Christ. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now start living that way. Start acting that way. Start rising up to the call that you have inside of you. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Yesterday, we started this message on walking worthy. And today, as we move forward in our study from the book of Ephesians, we're going to be focusing our attention on three points that will help us live out our life's purpose and calling with passion. We're in Ephesians chapter 4 with a message from our brand new series, When You Believe Everything Changes. Here's Mark Job. We live in the city of Chicago, and urban areas teach us to be a little bit aggressive, don't they? Doesn't it happen? It happens to me. Man, if I'm in line waiting to get on the expressway, and there's a long line, and I'm on the Stevenson waiting to get on to 9094, and someone drives all the way up, and they want to get in front of me, I pull up to the guy in front of me like, hey, you're not going to get in front of me. I've been waiting. Anybody else go through that? It's like, you could try to get behind me, but not in front of me. I'm going to pull up five inches of the car in front of me. Like I'm staying really close to them because, hey, man, this is close. Get in the line there. I mean, we're taught that. It comes out. And what gentleness means is that you live in a way that's above the fray of all the rest. It means that you show grace when everybody's pushy. It means that when everybody else is fighting for the line and what's going to happen, that you take the little old lady that, that, that's there in the corner and you say, ma'am, can I help you out? It means that you, you, give a little, you, you give a little help to the person that's in a wheelchair. It means that when someone's pushing to get on the bus and everything, you notice the, per, the, the, the person that's struggling with their big suitcase and can't get along. It means that you live with a different set of rules in your mind and the biggest set of rules is not how I can get ahead just myself, but how I'm I'm going to watch out. I'm not playing the, the rat race game here. I'm living at a higher calling than the rest of society around me. I'm, I'm living at a God calling size. So it makes me different. It makes me think different, operate different. It doesn't make me weaker. It makes me stronger. It takes more strength to watch out. It takes more strength to be gracious. It takes more strength to care about others. It takes more strength to, to have some courtesy and decency in life than it does to be rude and harsh and strong. Humility, gentleness, then he says patient. That's the third characteristic. You're going to live a life worthy of your calling. Be humble, gentle, be patient. You see, the root of impatience in our life is when we just focus on our own world and think that our world is more important than anybody else's world. Think about it for a second. Your mom at home, you're talking on the phone. Your three-year-old is pulling on your skirt and you're trying to have the conversation. Wait, honey. Hey, mommy, 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 finally. What do you want? Don't you see I'm on the phone? Seriously. 
Every mother here can relate. You've been there. But really what it is is, it's when we get so focused on our agenda, so focused on our thing, that we don't consider other people around us. Patience means that you seek to have a long fuse, not a short fuse. Patience means that, hey, you, you give people uh, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, patience means that you don't snap right away, that you... That you have, that you're in a place where you don't allow frustration to build immediately. If you have the reputation of, hey, don't mess with that person because they're always in a bad mood. Hey, don't talk to that person because they'll all snap. They'll, they'll, they'll bite your head off. Hey, that's not a good reputation to have. I know maybe someone told you it's a good reputation. I know maybe you thought that no one's going to get over on me and I'm hard and tough, but that's not a good reputation when you're living at a higher calling. Higher calling people have long fuses. Every time you lose your temper... Every time you shout angry words at home, every time you snap out at the children and lambast the wife, and every time you go into a little rampage or rage because you're mad at something, oh, I know the family will listen when you go into a rage. I know everybody quiets down a little bit. I know you get your way when you go into a rage and throw a temper tantrum and raise your voice, and then suddenly you say, yeah, that's what I want. I want some respect in this place. But I'm going to tell you, every time you do that, man of God, you lose a little respect. You lose a little respect from your kids. You lose a little respect from your wife. Oh, you may gain their attention from a moment, but you lose a little respect in the long run. It's people that gain patience, maintain their emotions under control, and they don't snap right away and don't go off the handle right away but say I'm called to a higher calling that begin to reflect Jesus humility gentleness patience and lastly it says bearing with one another in love the last characteristic is love now, I want to just clarify this for a moment, just in case you have a misunderstanding of love. Love is not an emotion. God never tells us in the Bible, feel love. Never. You can search the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and you will never see God say, feel love. God says love. He doesn't say, feel love. Love is not an emotion. Love is a commitment that we make. It's a choice that we make as to how to treat someone. And so love is choosing to treat someone in a way that helps them out, in a way that's better for them, in a way that believes that they can do good, in a way that considers them as important. That's what love is. It's not an emotion. Do you realize that you can love and not feel an ounce of love in your being and that you can still be loving? Oh, let me say that again. In fact, let me tell you, if you haven't learned to love when you don't feel like loving, then you're still immature. You know how many couples I come, sit in my office, and they say, well, we're thinking about separating or getting divorced. Why? We just don't love each other anymore. You don't love each other? No, just don't 
just don't feel it. Don't feel it anymore. Oh, so it's about the goosebumps? It's about the hair in the back of your neck standing up. It's about the pitter-patter. And you don't feel that. So if you don't feel that, you decided you're going to call it quits. Hello. Grow up. That's high school love. That's immaturity. You don't let your feelings dictate the way you operate and live. If you ran your life by feelings, then half the days this year you would not go to work. I don't feel like going to work today. If you ran by feelings, half the times you wouldn't praise God. Half the times you wouldn't read your Bible. All of the times you wouldn't pay taxes. You wouldn't clean up the house. You wouldn't necessarily take your kid to the ball game. Hey, if you went by feelings, you would be super immature. Thank God that God doesn't go by feelings when he loves us. Thank God while we are yet sinners, he loved us. Thank God that when we were messing up, he still loved us. Thank God that when we were cursing him, he still loved us. Thank God that when we fail him, he still loves us. Thank God that he doesn't go by his feelings, but he's committed to love us regardless of how we are. When we were yet sinners, Christ still loved us. And maturity says, I will love people, I commit to love people, and as I love people and commit to that, I believe that the feelings will follow. That's how it works. You're listening to Bold Steps, and Mark Job's message will continue in a moment. Remember, you can always catch up on these daily programs online at boldstepsradio.org. And while you're there, we encourage you to reach out and connect with us. We'd love to hear your testimony. We always welcome any questions you may have for Mark. In fact, I've got one right now that we recently received from one of our listeners who simply wants to know what qualifies a person to be a Christian, Mark. Yeah, so what qualifies a person to be a Christian? Well, let me start by saying that there's a lot of false assumptions. Some people think that because they were born into a quote-unquote Christian family, they're a Christian. Some people believe that because they were dedicated in church, they're a Christian. Some people believe because they were baptized as an infant, they're a Christian. But the Bible is really clear about what a Christian is. A Christian is—well, believers were first called Christians in uh, Antioch. They were called Little Christ. And so a Christian means someone that's a little Christ, someone that's— imitating Jesus, but Jesus was clear about what it means to be a Christian. A Christian is someone that has come to a point in their life that they embrace the message of Jesus that he was all God, became all man, died on a cross for the redemption of and salvation of us. And we are to believe and to repent and then to follow him. And so a Christian, according to the Bible, is someone that has come to the point where they truly believe in faith, where they repent of the way they've been living, 
and where they choose to follow Jesus all the way. At that moment in time, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, changes us from the inside out, and that is what the Bible defines as a Christian. That is really very helpful, Mark. Thank you. And if you have a question for Mark, you can reach us through our website, boldstepsradio.org. And Mark, may I just add that if anyone has a question about it, a good resource is called My Next Step. It's on our website at boldstepsradio.org. Just click on My Next Step, and it will tell you more about what it means to become a Christian. Thank you, Mark. And if you'd like to help share the truth of the gospel to other listeners who need to hear it, we encourage you to sign up today to become a bold partner and take part in this ministry work by giving a financial gift of any amount on a monthly basis. When you choose to give a gift of $30 or more each month, you'll qualify for a 50% discount on all Moody Publishers resources available at moodypublishers.org. That's 50% off resources like Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages or Moody Bible Institute's Bible Commentary. Additionally, you'll receive a signed copy of Mark's book, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call, as well as an exclusive bi-weekly email from Mark containing inspiring lessons and videos called The Bold Partner Post. So don't wait. Take the next bold step and sign up to be a bold partner today by visiting boldstepsradio.org. Now, Mark has one more story he'd like to share with you, so let's go back to the second half of today's message now. You love in obedience and pray that the feelings will follow because, listen, not every day of the year you're going to wake up madly in love with your husband or wife. Oh, there'll be those moments, and hopefully if you cultivate it, there'll there'll be a lot. Every day is not a honeymoon, right? You're not going to turn over every time, and you don't wake up with your wife's makeup perfectly well done, and her eyelashes all done, and her breast smelling great all the time, and it's not always like, whoa, you're a lovely sight. That, that, that's, that's, it's not going to happen that way all the time. But you, you love because you commit to love. And that's exactly what the vows say. For better or for worse, for good, for, for richer or for poorer. Some say I'm stuck in the poorer pastor. I'm just waiting for the richer to come. But, you know, the, the commitment is made there. And it's a commitment to maturity. And what Paul is saying is that when we choose a higher standard of living... We are choosing to love people regardless of how we feel. And sometimes, even when we don't feel, we still treat people according to love because we're called to a higher calling. Walk worthy of the calling that you have upon your life. You're called a child of the Most High God. You're called to follow Christ. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now start living that way. Start acting that way. Start rising up to the call that you have inside of you. And then he closes up by saying, verse 3, he tells us that if we're living according to our call, that we're going to be bridge builders, peacemakers. Verse 3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now notice, we we do not create peace, but we maintain peace. What gives peace to the body... Before there was Wi-Fi connection, there was before, way before Wi-Fi was, was invented, there was already wireless spiritual connection in the body. Because I have the Holy Spirit, and if you have the Holy Spirit, we are connected to one another. We are united in Christ. We are one body. You say, well, I don't even like him. 
I sit on this side of the church because I don't want to be near that person way over there. Hey, I don't care if you like them or not. You're part of the body. So he says, he says, make every effort. That means give extraordinary energy to do what? What? To keep the unity of the spirit, the unity of the spirit in the body through the bond of peace. Because you know, do you realize there'll always be forces trying to divide the body, pull you away, push you apart, feel you, make you feel like people don't care. I don't belong. That's not really where I should be. People don't care. People, people don't like me. Someone didn't call me up. I was sick and I only got one call and it was asked me if I was serving in Sunday school. Do you realize that the strategy of the enemy is to try to conquer and divide? And if the enemy could make you feel like an outsider in the family, well, that's one of his greatest strategies. I come, but I'm not really an insider. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of on the fringes. It's the old fringe lie. I could die tomorrow and people wouldn't notice. I'm, I'm in, but I'm not really in. You know how the enemy works overtime on that? Because the strategy of the enemy is to conquer, to divide, to make you feel isolated, to turn you away from the very people that love you and the very family of God that can really help you grow. When I was, I lived in a small village in northern Spain, and my best friend was the son of a shepherd. In, in Spanish, they say pastor. But he wasn't a pastor of church pastor. He was a pastor of sheep. And it was his job, his dad's job, to bring about four, four or five hundred sheep into the town every day. They belonged to different people. He would take them out. They would graze on the hills the biggest challenge, though, when he, brought the, when he brought the sheep into town, he had to cross a railroad track. And so he'd always ask his son to come down and help him. He'd have the sheep dogs, and I remember being there, and it was always sort of like this adrenaline rush to try to get 500 sheep across the railroad track while we're looking to see if a train is coming and then to try to get them across. And one day we were down there at dusk trying to get all these sheep across the railroad track. And there was one sheep that was limping along. It was an injured sheep. And it was, it was way in the back of the pack. And so we started getting the sheep going across the track. And we saw a train coming at a distance. The train saw us. And so, man, we were panicking, trying to get the sheep going across, pushing them and and. and we made it just in time. The last, almost the last sheep crossed over and then the train started going by and my friend was holding on to the one sheep left on the other side that was injured and he was just holding her and I thought, great, wow, we made it. It was because the sheep was injured that it couldn't keep up with the rest of the flock. This sheep so wanted to be a part of the rest of the flock that the train was going, and halfway through the train going, this sheep stuck its head right into the train. 
First suicide I'd ever seen. I don't even want to describe the bloody mess that it was, but it was messy. And I thought to myself, how dumb. Didn't you see a train was going on? Why would you stick your head in there? But here's the thing. I later thought to myself how much we are like that sheep. When we're injured, emotionally, have something against someone, it kind of puts us to the side and it keeps us away from, and although we want to belong, we're, we're away. And when we're away, we're not always as protected from the dangers that are there. And I want you to understand that one of the greatest strategies of the enemy to take you down is to try to pull you away from the people of God and the things of God and the body of Christ and make you feel lonely and isolated and dejected and not a part of what God is doing and make you feel like I don't really belong. That's not really who I am. Someone hurt me. Someone offended me. I don't really, I'm not really there. I don't have a place where I sat regularly or I went last Sunday in the place I always sit, someone sat in. Whatever lie he may use against you. But that's where Paul's, Paul says, hey, live worthy of the calling that you've had. And listen, according to this call, recognize to keep the unity of the peace of the spirit. Verse 4, because there's one body, one spirit, one hope that you are called to because there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of us all who is over all and in all and through all in all. He says, listen. There's only one God, not a lot of gods. We are all part of one God and one faith and one baptism and one spirit that moves in us all. And so what he's calling us to do is build bridges of unity. There is no other God you can go to because there's only one God. We're all part of one body throughout. When God looks at the city of Chicago, he doesn't see a bunch of churches. He sees one body. It's the body of Christ moving in Chicago. That's what he sees. And so he says, work at building the bridges of unity. Because when you're called, living according to the call, you have the character and you'll be a peacemaker, a bridge builder. Amen. Mark, we all needed to hear this passage from Ephesians 4 today because it is a difficult passage to live out all the time. It really is. And I love that this passage starts with this phrase, walk worthy Mm -hmm. of your calling. And that means humility, bridge building, unity, which is difficult in a time like this. Yeah, very true. And you know, Mark, it's even more difficult to reach out and play our part in helping the lives of those around us when we feel like our own life has gotten out of control. So, if we want to walk worthy of our calling, I guess it's pretty important to make sure we're centered on the promise that God has a good plan for our lives. Wayne, that's easier said than done. When we're in the middle of our trial, when we're in the middle of our trauma, our mess, our difficulty, and I'm speaking to someone right now that you're in the middle of the most fiery trial of your life. 
and you just say, I don't know if I'm going to survive. I don't know what to do. Why has this happened to me? And I just want to remind you right now at this moment that God has a plan. He has not orchestrated this mess, but God can bring good out of this mess. Mm -hmm. In fact, our Bold Step gift this month is Max Lucado's book, God Will Use This for Good, Surviving the Mess of Life. I love that subtitle, Surviving the Mess of Life. (laughs) And so we would love to put this in your hand if you give a donation of any kind uh, to the Ministry of Bold Steps. But this is a great tool for those of you in the middle of a trauma right now. Yes, as Mark just said, this book, God Will Use This for Good, is yours today with that donation of any size. And you can give it online at boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. Again, 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift in the mail. Our address is Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. That's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And by the way, if you'd ever like to hear these messages while you're out for a walk or running errands, even during a workout maybe, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Just open up your podcast app on your phone or mobile device, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and tap the subscribe button. And don't forget, leave a comment and a five-star rating to help other listeners discover the program. Well, thanks for joining us today. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to come back again tomorrow when Mark explains how God equips us for the work He has commissioned us to do. Our message is called Unleashing People Power. Don't miss it. Be listening Thursday to Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.